Hey guys, welcome back to Black Girl Manifest Podcast. This is Anika. It's Brittany, bitch. And we are back. Hey, girl. Hey, hey. Can you hear the hustle and bustle of my city? It's never loud. Can you hear it? No. Okay. Sound like New York City out there. How you How you doing? What you about? How you doing? Um, I'm good. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I had a pretty chill day for the most part, you know, I'm, I've been, I've been good. I'm glad it's the weekend. How about you? How you been? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Trying to keep myself occupied. But other than that, I'm doing well. My neighbor came over today and, um, I don't know if I told you about them, but my neighbor across the hall and they're a black couple and I think they're LGBTQ couple. And um, they bought a grill, and Car bought a grill for us last week, so we grilled or whatever. And so of course she couldn't put her grill together, so she came and was like, "Um, do you mind if we borrow y'all grill? Like you, we can get you can have a plate or whatever if you want." And we were like, "No, you know that's not necessary because I had just cooked." But he was like, "You know, you can you're more than welcome to use it as long as you clean it up. You know, clean up after yourself." So I opened the door to go back outside to get my plants. And she was like, are you sure you don't want to play? You sure you're not hungry or whatever? I was like, no, but thank you. She was like, no, thank you. I'm just, you know, thank you. I could not put that grill together, girl. And I was like, no problem. So I come back up the walkway. How you going to offer me a plate? You got your hamburgers. You're sitting outside willing to. What makes you think I'm just going to want a plate from you? What makes you think I want that? I don't... Girl, that is some audacity. What, what make you think I want that? That's gross. And then, on. I really don't want nothing from y'all because y'all be having niggas in and out your house all all day, every day. I'm, Thanks for the nice gesture, but I must I appreciate it. Be kind. Matter of fact, wipe our grill down with bleach by the time you get done. Thank you. Matter of fact, Corona's happening. You can't borrow shit in my house. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right, guys. So this week's show is something special, something I'm super excited about. Mm-hmm. We are going to do a true crime for those of you out there that like listen to crime shows. Those of you weirdos, how the hell y'all want to listen to the scary shit? But it's funny. I'm saying that, but I kind of like it too. It's just kind of like, you know, I like the weird, spooky stuff. I got my three or four podcasts that are normal that I listen to, like us, of course, well, we don't count, but The Read, The Friend Zone, Invisibilia, the other 15 podcasts that I listen to are true crime podcasts. Love it. I watch Investigation Discovery all day long. Any Netflix thing, documentary or show that has been true crime, I've watched it. I love it. I love it. So that's why you got to keep your neck on the swivel all the time in your everyday life because you listen to this bullshit all day, every day in your ears. I love it. it <laughs> I love it. I love it. Murder me, please. Thank you. Not murder me, but... Oh, wait a minute. Put some murder mysteries on the table, please. I want to hear it. Okay, Wendy Bird. We'll get you murdered. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So this is the story the chilling story 
of the silent twins. <gasps> you know that story. You yeah. dusty bitch. <laughs> I hate you. I love it. Okay, come on. No, I no, of course not. I don't know this story. Oh, okay, guys. Anyways, it was supposed to be a surprise, but this crime head ass. So as I was, I just must tell you, as I was looking up stories, I saw all kind of just random shit. And I'm just like, why do I care about these stories? People's last name is Kunterflelt. You know, that was from. Why do I, why am I, I mean, and then I couldn't, I didn't see anything that was just that great of a mystery. Like, oh. So anyway, I um when I came across this, I was looking like, okay, so like I was discussing with Brittany earlier, if it's supposed to be the way they kind of portray, you know, crime, ha- how crime happens and where they map it out, all the weird stuff I was seeing was not of color. If I'm not mistaken, um, there's going to be a movie about this. Really? Yeah, it's supposed to be on Netflix. So I'm really excited to see how this is, because y'all, this is a super interesting story this story is cray cray i was just sitting there i was like okay anyway let 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 me get going so this is the silent twins and if anybody you know i you already kind of know that twins have like a weird thing with each other you know so this just this doesn't help is you know twins already have that thing so here we go june oh and by the way these are black children so yes June and Jennifer Gibbons were born on April 11th, 1963 in Barbados and moved to a small town in Wales soon after. The girls refused to speak to anyone, which I found quite strange. They only spoke to each other and sometimes their younger sister rose in a made up twin language. A psychologist once secretly recorded the girls talking and discovered that they were speaking regular English at an incredible speed. Living in a predominantly white town, the girls were frequently bullied to the point where school administrators let them leave early to avoid torment. It didn't work, and the girls eventually withdrew from school and society. Can we so, for one second? Oh, go yeah, ahead. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to just add in some information that this particular um, this particular story did not include in this one. So the the apparently they they talked at some point um, during their childhood and because no one understood they had a speech impediment that made it hard for you to understand they had like as I was looking at the girl she had like like I don't know if her teeth were longer and then it was like her jaw was locked and then on top of that you add in an English choppy accent and it's a wrap for the understanding because I was like y'all know that I should have put some subtitles on the screen so at some point they did talk. But because they had the speech impediment, no one understood what they were saying. And so everybody was often, you know, asking them, what'd you say? What'd you say? And constantly asking her, well, both girls to repeat themselves. And so at that point, they decided together, like, we just won't talk. Like, we just not going to talk. Yeah. How about let's punish the kids who are making fun of them instead of letting them go home early? I thought about that. I was like, so we know this goes on and we just going to be Sweet like bread. yeah right so it's like free game if if you ask get caught slipping what listen that was crazy okay okay Oof. june and jennifer uh oh in an attempt to socialize them june and jennifer 
were sent to separate boarding schools. They became catatonic and were reunited with one another. The girls soon turned to writing both fiction and keeping extensive diaries. Now, I also watched a video on this and they were catatonic to the point where like, they're not, now you have to remember, they're not speaking back. They're, they, they're knowledgeable and they seem pretty smart, but other than that, they just seem like weirdos. And I saw like one of them was just kind of like, cause they, did you see where they took videos of some of the interactions with them? Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen the video. I've just heard this story a lot. So in the video, one of the twins are just sitting at the edge of the bed and just kind of like snot coming all down her nose, just like she is not moving. She stayed there for hours, like stuff like that. And people were saying like, oh, they're just trying to get attention. But it's kind of hard to say that when both of the, they look miserable doing a shit, like something was just wrong. So they, they were very interdependent on one another. So they soon turned to writing both fiction and keeping extensive diaries. Their self-published novels were often filled with explosive violence and did not gain them any attention in the literary world. Instead, they turned to petty crime for excitement and attention. They were caught burning a building to the ground. In 1982, the judge sentenced them to 16 counts of burglary and arson to Broadmoor Hospital. Damn. Like, what just like, all right, nigga, we finna write these books. The books, don't worry about it. Now we finna burn buildings down. Like, this is so, this is different extremes. It is very strange. They were, it, yeah, and the fact that they would choose to write about some of the most violent stuff is very just like, hmm? So they sent them to a mental hospital. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Does, it, does it talk about, like, their mental illness? So it gets into that. We're okay. kind of getting there. Okay. So um, the judge sentenced them to 16 counts of burglary and arson to Broadmoor Hospital, a high security hospital for the criminally insane. Hmm. Their refusal to speak, antisocial behavior, zombie-like movements, and extreme unity all contributed to the decision to have them committed. That's a lot going on. Broadmoor was home to many in- infamous killers, including Ronnie Cray and the Yorkshire Ripper. Mm. Okay. She knows what that is. Mm-hmm. While at Broadmoor, the girls were kept in separate wards but spent all of their social time together. Nurses often found them in separate rooms sitting in the same poses. On several occasions, the girls attempted suicide and attacked one another. They often took turns eating. One day, one would eat while the other would abstain. And they were put on heavy antipsychotic drugs that drained their desire to write. They eventually returned to their diaries but did not write any more novels. June and Jennifer had a strange, unhealthy, codependent relationship. They couldn't exist apart, but they couldn't lead a normal life together. Jennifer, 10 minutes younger, thought June was better looking and more intelligent than she was. June sensed this and wrote in her diary, she wants us to be equal. There is a murderous gleam in her eye. Dear Lord, I am scared of her. She is not normal. Someone is driving her insane. It is me. Mm. She described Jennifer as the dark sister robbing me of sunlight. In her own journal, Jennifer wrote, we have become fatal enemies in each other's eyes. We feel the irritating 
deadly rays come out of our bodies, stinging each other's skin. I say to myself, can I get rid of my own shadow, impossible or not impossible? Without my shadow, would I die? Without my shadow, would I gain life? Be free or left to die? Without my shadow, which I identify with a face of misery, deception, murder. Ooh, that is a lot. And it, it's kind of crazy that, you know, they don't talk, but they're just writing all of this out. So it's a lot going on in their mind. Creepy as hell. Okay. Journalist Margie Wallace wrote, who wrote an extensive biography on the girls, was having tea with the twins when Jennifer said she was going to have to die. When asked why, she responded, because we decided it would not be enough to live separately. It would not be enough to live separately. They would always possess one another. One of them had to die so the other could live a normal life. Like, how do, how do you just come up with that? Like, this is what it is. Like, I fuck with you so tough that I don't fuck with you and you gotta go. Somebody gotta go. Mm-hmm. But how do you decide? <sighs> Okay, you go ahead. Um, I'll say what I have to say later. In 1993, the girls were finally granted a transfer to the more open um, Caswell Clinic. Upon arrival there, Jennifer looked ill. She was rushed to the hospital and pronounced dead of acute myocarditis. Wait, myocarditis. Y'all, you have to reference that myocarditis. A sudden lethal inflammation of the heart. This is frequently caused by viral infection, drugs, or poison. No evidence of any of this was found in Jennifer's case. The cause of her myocarditis has never been identified. Wallace said that after her sister's death, June was both grief-stricken and relieved. We were war-weary. It had been a long battle. Someone had to break the vicious cycle. June now lives a so-called normal life. She speaks normally. That's debatable lives independently and looks to put the past behind her. So that is the story. And I just find that very strange that, I mean, they were interviewing her and she was kind of talking, kind of narrating how events worked, but it was so hard to understand her that I was trying to keep up with the story. It just seemed to go all over the place. And I was just like, wait, I got questions. So Where did you watch this? Last night. Where? YouTube. Okay. I just uh from like this twin uh true crime stories I have heard where like there have been bonds like that. I know that for like just like any other sibling, there's gonna be some fight of dominance and who needs to be the dominant one. So I think it had a lot to do with this struggle as well. This is very this story is very interesting to me. Yeah, because I mean, it's like they got along, but the, and, and the, it was interesting the fact they didn't fuck with nobody but the, each other. Yeah, like at one point they said the, their little sister because they all shared a room, but they stopped talking to her too. And and guess what? If I had been Rose, ass, I'd be like, that ain't that ain't no problem. You ain't gonna talk to me. It's okay. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's a um. That's a good story. And also the uh you said the infamous uh Robert Cray that they were in the hospital with. Mm-hmm. Robert Cray is also a twin as well. And they him and his brother went on like murderous um 
murder like did murders together and all that kind of stuff and i, I want to say they were kind of like connected to the mob but i don't know but they were like criminally insane as well and they they um have a story well their movie is on it was on netflix a while ago and tom hardy plays both of them it's called the cray brothers k-a-r-y mm. yeah so that's an interesting story as well like it was the fight of dominance and they they were both insane but yeah that's just I mean it just didn't this story didn't come across to me like a crazy power struggle like it's it's there but it's it seemed like they had some internal mutual internal struggles yeah I wonder like what resources could have been put in place for them to but with with the resources that would have helped right because i'm like how did their parents deal with that like they just they they were really slow and just kind of like like these creepy ass twins that is just that just right there i'm just sitting there reading like this is no way huh this is this is on some weird weird very weird creepy (laughs) listen honey is that a twin thing i just i don't know it just it kind of it was interesting because one they were that was the first interesting um story i saw really and they happened to be black and then they were twins i was like oh yeah but i just it's just strange that how you know one of them fell sick and i think that's the one that they discussed it would be because based on her because they pretty much decided it had to be jennifer and then she's the one that came down with the heart stuff so it's like did somebody poison her or did you know they said they didn't find that or she just randomly had heart failure or whatever that heart condition maybe they just knew like they said like they we discussed and then she's gonna be the one to go maybe i i found it strange very strange interesting thank you for the story yes that was a lot of fun to do all right well let's take a break all right and we're back we are going to get into the stone of the week this is a short episode wow right on okay so the stone for the week is going to be the smoky quartz and this is one of my faves that i'm getting into your girl said every week I do. I can, it's it's like picking a favorite child. You can't you not you can't do that. Smoky quartz is a powerful grounding and stabilizing stone, which help which helps relieve depression, and uh, alleviates moods. It is a calming stone. It's considered to be a stone that promotes serenity. Um, it's useful at home or at work and help, can help anyone feel clear-headed during meetings where there are stressful situations or intense discussions. Smoky quartz also helps with those who suffer from nightmares. Smoky quartz also helps those who suffer from nightmares to replace them with peaceful dreams. So you're supposed to put it under your pillow. Um, let's see. It also helps remove negative energy and relieve stress and fear and helps convert them into positive emotions. So it has everything to do with the root chakra and it is an earth element. 
And Smokey's, uh, Smoky Quartz is kind of like, it's, I wouldn't say it's like a gray stone, but I wouldn't say, it kind of looks gray, but kind of looks brown as well. I have a, a really big cluster that I got from Soulful Vibes, and I'm, I think I'm going to start putting it under my pillow. I don't really have, I don't have nightmares or anything, but I just want to see, like, would it transform any? Okay, so we're moving into our Manifesting Monday segment. And so um, um, I want to start talking about meditation. But before we talk about meditation, we need to talk about other things that lead into meditation. So one thing that I wanted to talk about was being intentional. And I wanted to work through the process with you all. So um intentional the definition of it is doing something purposeful of course it sounds like what it means so you want to be um thoughtful and mindful of everything that you do um whether it be positive or whether it be negative and of course you need to remove the negativity out to get some positivity in so I read this article, um, it's simplyfiercely.com, and it says, what does it mean to be intentional? She says, sorry, I lost my place. Um, being intentional is having clarity around your personal vision and it can be hard to know where to start, especially if you're out of alignment, but you want to start the way you start everything in life is with a small step. So she has nine steps that you can use to be intentional. And here are the nine, nine simple ways to be intentional every day. So you want to be mindful of the media that you consume. Mm -hmm. Social media, TV, um, the news, uh, books you read, all that kind of stuff. So I know, especially like with this coronavirus stuff, I had to be really, really intentional because it was making me so anxious. And if you're a person who does not, who does not know and is not aware of your triggers, that shit will break, can make or break you. So if you need to take a break, from Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, take it a day at a time. And that's how I had to do it. It's like, I like to talk to people on my Instagram. And so Instagram was not something that I was going to be, um, take a break from. I was definitely going to take a break from Facebook because it's where all the older people and people who don't fact check, that's where they like to put their stuff is Facebook. So I took it day by day, like, nope, I still don't have any desire to check Facebook. And then when I did check back on, it was a lot lighter because I knew that I I knew that I need to get rid of people. And then um, I also just didn't let it bother me. But now it's getting to the point again where it's getting on my nerves, so I may let it go again. All right, the second step is she says, choose to be kind. So it's a lot of situations that we go through day to day where it's just easier to be a smart ass, but mm. it's much easier to be kind. 
and just let it go and roll it, let it roll off your back like a look out of water. Third thing she says is do something that brings you joy. So for me, it would be buying plants, getting crystals, um, reading, listening to my favorite podcast. But you, did you see how all of that is such small things, but all yeah. that makes you happy? The thought of going to get crystals or plants or listening to a podcast or all those little things makes me like super happy. Like, oh, I got this to listen to. I'm gonna get this. Mm-hmm. Like those small things make such a big difference. So it is. That's very important to do stuff that you enjoy. That's that's yeah. big. It's it. It feels nothing other than the feeling like you don't let all your podcasts build up. We're like, oh, I got something to listen to all day long. Yes. And I noticed, like, when I'm listening to my podcast, I'm more productive. Like, I can hear it. I, I'm listening to it, but I'm being busy at the same time. So I'm, I'm, I'm absorbing what it says, but I'm, I'm absorbing it better because I'm doing something else, if that makes sense. Right. It does. So, yes, do, do something that brings you joy. Ask why before you buy is her next step to be intentional. So just stop buying things just because, oh, I saw that cute little shirt. I just want it just because I want it. No, is it going to add any value to your life? Instead of, some, do you get buyer's remorse? When it's too late. But I'm always usually have justification for something I bought. Mm-hmm. Okay. So her next step is practice active listening. And this is something that I need to work on. Sometimes I listen with the intent to respond and not the intent to um, absorb the information. And so that's something that I'm working on. But active listening gives you a chance to understand and process things. Not everything deserves a response. And I'm definitely talking to myself. That's make huh that's true that's true <laughs> make time for self-reflection is the next step one thing that i do yearly is i do like a self-audit and do a self-audit of myself i do a self-audit of friends i do a self-audit of mental clarity and mental health and whatever is not has not been working i let this shit go and I, I think I've been doing it for like maybe three years now. And it is definitely like a weight that's lifted off from my shoulder every time I do it. And one thing that how I do it is like I go back, I keep journals and I have like six or seven notebooks that I just randomly write in. And I go back and I read them like, hmm, all right, let's change that. Let's change this. Oh, didn't work out that way. Let's, you know, change that. So that's how I do my self audit. Mm, that's interesting. That's a good way to reflect, too, for real. I'm not a writer, so I struggle. A journal, especially during all this madness that's going on. Mm, I got, I'm got. i writing my Black Girl Manifest notebook, okay? Yes, okay. Um, okay, next step is do something you can be proud of, whether that is um, mm-hmm. writing in your journal, whether that is going outside for a walk, do, just do something that you know is going to make you, nobody else 
it make you proud of yourself. That you being proud of yourself this is what matters the most. You know what? This makes me want to like randomly put these intentions around the house just so we all can see it on this quarantine. And after this, I think I'm gonna have you send that to me so I can see okay. that and start and put it around here. Cause yeah, that's like that's some good information. One thing I do with the kids, like uh when when they were going to school, when I was reading my uh reading Power of Your Subconscious Mind, one thing that really stuck out to me was um never end your sentence with a positive, flip it around and make it a, never end your sentence with a negative, flip it around and make a positive. And I put that on a sticky note and I put that on the kid's bathroom window and I would ask them intentional questions like on the way to school. And then on the, once I got home, I would ask them like, instead of just asking like, oh, well, how was school? And I would ask them things like, okay, so what's one thing that made you smile today? What's one thing you learned today? What's one thing you didn't like today? And I noticed like, their answers will become more positive because of what I put on the on the mirror. So come on, Iyala, that, that girl. Yes. Come on. That, that's living up for the conscious, social, spiritual mother of the motherfucking year. Cause I was gonna say, wait, in the how do you even get to the point where you like, okay, we're gonna work on this mental shit? Like I have kids, y'all be using up my tissue eating up my food i don't even know like how i'm supposed to keep up with all this shit but you make it look like if you just ask your kids how was school every day you'll never get to know anything that's going on with them because they all they either gonna say it was good or they're gonna say oh it was a bad day and they just go about their business right. you'll never learn anything about their day and then here in a little while you'll have a child that you don't know so yes i'm gonna be all in your business who said well, what's the tea tell me yeah, I think a lot of parents probably lose that connection with their kid around the age that your kids are, you know, and yeah. at some point it's like, I crossed over, I've been this person, I don't know who you, who the fuck you thought, you know, I was, but I think I'm gonna use that in my marriage as well, like instead of, oh babe, how was your day, what made you smile, instead of saying, how was your day, because it's gonna be the same, eh, now if you ask me, what, what made you, what pissed you off about today, or what made you, you know, more intentional questions, then we can, you know, have more of a dialogue instead of just like nobody really wants to say how was your day. Nobody wants to say right. It's just it's just so kind of like just passive. Like it's just something to bring about a conversation. Cause then you you know just like oh how was your day? It was good. Okay, well all right. Well, like you know, good you can mean anything. Good can mean that your ass ain't going back to work. Good can mean that. <laughs> that you just got a raise good can mean that this bitch pissed you off like it can mean anything good can mean whatever you want it to be at that moment and usually good is like i'm done talking about this here right know? it's so many different levels to good it's good yeah. good means something different to everybody so yes y'all try that out let me know how it works yeah. all right uh number eight is question your have to's like i have to do this i have to do that i gotta do this and i gotta do that like prioritize basically what you have to do and question why is it so important and why is it so important like right now hmm. and the last way to be intentional every day is something that's so important prioritize your rest and your self-care hmm. and i know for a lot of us um 
you've been getting beat over the head with if you're not doing something right now while you got the time you never wanted to do it no that's not always the case like some people have been working 12 hours every day for six months and some people need to rest and need the self-care it's okay to take what good can you be to anybody dead deflated or you you can't be good to anybody if you are not good to yourself you have the one thing i look at it is like okay i have to prioritize my self-care whether it's it's talking to anika or and my mama for an hour every day that's time to myself and time that i need to refuel and refresh so then i can give my fuel to my kids and to my husband and to other things because if i'm pouring from empty then it's going to be a shit show around here Mm -hmm. so make sure that we're taking care of ourselves before we take care of anybody else just like to tell you on the airplane put your mask on first and then put your partner's mask on so those are the nine ways to be intentional every day um and then she goes down to break down everything into like little different paragraphs and she gives you some ideas and everything so um the website is called simplyfiercely.com and we can put it in the description box for you and that is it well that was really really good information thank you good information so what are you manifesting this week Brittany? I am manifesting. You go first. I don't. I don't know yet. Um, right. This week I'm manifesting um overall health. I think I've been kind of focused on that this this uh, past week with drinking my gallon of water a day, being intentional about taking. I usually have John and I have been having our morning and our evening teas, and they're normally like really spicy and really filled with like I was telling you the bitter lemon and then the peppers to get your vitamin C. So I've been focusing on overall health. So I'm manifesting health and wellness in my house. Cause John started coughing and he was like, I feel something. <laughs> like, all right. So I went in and get the thermometer. That boy didn't even know it was a thermometer in here. I was like, boy, your temperature is 97. You are below. Thank you. You're fine talking about i'm getting hot flashes do you you are not so health is what i'm manifesting <laughs> you are you below you <laughs> i was like i check your temperature every a couple times a day so you that boy got hypothermia that boy <laughs> like, did, you, did you notice i've been coughing today <laughs> okay yes but i thought it was because you were smoking all day. <laughs> so, oh, that, that took me. So that took me and mine. Okay. What about you? Um, so thank you for saying being intentional again. I am manifesting like being intentional, period, because that's something that I'm lacking in. And I could tell like mentally that's where I'm lacking in. I had something that kind of like disturbed my peace. And I'm mad at myself because I let it disturb my peace. But I know that's a process and like growing and getting better. Like just because I don't want it to disturb my peace doesn't mean that it's not going to. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I did today was um, make some rose oil for my spiritual baths because I'm definitely going to take one when the new moon comes. Um, when that's coming? Uh, 23rd. 
Really? Yes. And I think it's in Libra. Uh, I believe. I don't know no Libra, so whatever. I'm but, there. Hello. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um. So yeah, and that just consisted of I got some coconut oil, took some rose petals off some flowers, put in the oil. I put some rosemary in there. I put some um, eucalyptus, and I put something else in there too. I don't know what else I put in there, but I'm gonna let that sit. The longer I let it sit, the long, the better it smells. So, huh? Did you put lavender in there? No, I didn't put lavender in there. What was it? Eucalyptus, rose, coconut oil. Oh, and sunflowers. So, um, yeah, I'm just gonna make sure that I'm I'm intentional. I I feel so much better like when I'm taking a spiritual bath and like I'm mindful. I meditate in the while I'm taking the bath, so I make sure I put my yoni egg in and do some meditation with that as well. So, just being intentional, mindfully, is what I'm manifesting for the week. That is being mindfully intentional. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. So I, that's it. This is the sh- shortest episode in history. Do you have any other news? Um, no. Just when I I have when I have the good news that my egg is hatched, I can't wait to let y'all know because I am struggling with mine. Oh, yeah. moment. But my my Yanni egg, Brittany, has been sharing her experiences, and I just been like, girl listen we gotta step back to the basics i need it <laughs> what the fuck? i think i'm gonna do a blog post on my yoni egg because i've been like documenting every day <laughs> so y'all look out for the blog it's, it's been you know kind of i know when i meditate with it it's, it's gonna do some it's gonna open some doors yes oh come on open the portal down there yes so come on yeah yeah but no no other news okay i don't have any news either all right guys we'll see you next week remember real niggas linking up right here same place same time bye